Welcome to LOP Radio on YouTube as I click about all over the place. Sorry for the all over the place. Uh, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is LOP Radio on YouTube, on Spreaker, and wherever you get your podcast feeds. So, oh, I'm meant to be talking about the Royal Rumble and the fallout from that and potential WrestleMania matches. However, we've got a bit of news. <laughs> and um, instead of going straight into talking about the Rumble... It's to do with these past couple of hours before I came on air. Uh, WWE's fired both of their presidents and their stock immediately started to nosedive. Uh, currently down just shy of 23%. Uh, $62 to $47 in just two hours. I wasn't going to be specific with the cents. It's risen a tad to $48. So it was $47.80, then it's risen to $48. So it's And that's kind of where it's staying as I've gone live. I've not really do anything more to it. Uh, if you are watching on the, I guess on the YouTube thing, I can quickly get up the image for you to have a look at. That's what it's currently at just before. I literally went on, Googled it, screenshot, there it is. So that is the image with everything. Uh, I the highlighted things by accident. <laughs> but yes, so that is the current kind of status of things. And uh, I'm going to go through the Lords of Pain report on it to kind of go through, I guess, explain a little bit. So, as I just said, there was a... And I will be talking about the Rumble after this. It's kind of like, this is the big talking point. <laughs> I've really got to do it. So I'll leave that graph up on the on there as I talk about Lords of Pain. Uh, there is a major corporate shakeup going on in WWE right now as the company announced a management transition uh, that will see WWE presidents George Barrios and Michelle Wilson leave the company. Uh, they will also no longer serve on the WWE Board of Directors, uh, Barrios has with WWE since 2008, whilst Wilson was hired in 2009. Uh, they both were, were the way up the company. Uh, they have been replaced by a guy who's been there for years and with years of experience in the corporate world as well. Um, apparently, uh, he will report directly to Vincent Man, so it's quite interesting that. So, in terms of outside of this, like it, context is important here. So, before the nosedive, WWE stock was up 2%. Uh, they have been regularly trading at about $60 and it closed at 62 today. Or 62.30 if you care about being accurate. Uh, this isn't WrestleNomics. <laughs> They'll give you the graphs and they be inaccurate and stuff. Uh, but yeah. So it was, yeah, it was a little rise still within tow of their average. Um, however, after this happened, their stock dived, I think it was just shy of $10 in one hour after they fired both the presidents, and by the time it reached two hours, it's gone down, I think the, uh, for, Mark Middleton has done a little bit of maths, so it's fallen $10, and it'd fallen for about five more dollars by the time it reached the second hour, which meant it had fallen 20, just shy of 23% in two hours, and it's kind of steadied at that $48 kind of level at that point, which, it's kind of, interesting to <laughs> see it fall that far obviously in terms of 
like how this kind of world operates. Um, firing both your presidents with seemingly no replacement, like immediately ready, or people know there's a replacement already there. Without that in place, yeah, they do not like uncertainty. Uncertainty is the enemy in this world. So it doesn't surprise me that the stock has fallen. It, uh, it's, it's a big drop, <laughs> to say the least. But like in all likelihood, they'll hire. Like it's the type of thing of buy now because when they. Uh, not, not to give <laughs> jading from a random person, but uh, if we were to buy, the likelihood is it's going to go up again as soon as they hire somebody. So people right now would have jumped the hell onto that <laughs> and just immediately to sell it again as soon as somebody is actually hired and the stocks go up. So that is the like likely <laughs> scenario. It's like it's not going to stay at this level. It will go up. Uh, I would say about sixty because I, I don't know if it'll be. It shouldn't be much lower than that. And as in worst comes to worst, fifty eight. But I'd, I'd hazard a guess back to 60 without much time. Like, they've got a Saudi Arabia show coming up. That'll shoot it back up. So, yeah, they hate uncertainty, but they like money. Saudi Arabia gives them money, so no worries there at all. But, yeah, I do find it interesting, essentially, that this is this has really happened. Uh, this is uh, also within the wider context of uh, last year with their... Well, over 17 uh, slash 18, with their men... Especially 18, with their absolutely crazy valuations... Uh, where we're talking like close to a hundred dollars, they're in the nineties, if I'm right. Especially around Saudi Arabia showtime, they were doing incredibly well. And now, uh, so if you don't forget, last year there was that massive drop from the nineties all the way down to sixty. I'm talking about dollars still, obviously. Uh, all the way from ninety dollars all the way down to sixty dollars. That happened last year. That was massive news when that took place. This is also this is a, another fall after that. However. Sixty dollars is still like more than double forty eight, if I'm right. And I think the highest before this kind of era was uh, like twenty fourteen with the launch of the network and all of that stuff. I think they they reached like a twenty nine dollar share valuation. I think if I'm right, but at like before outside of that, you're looking at oh shit. <laughs> outside of that, you're looking at like fifteen, I think max thirteen dollars maybe. So they there it's. Even though it's fallen down to $48 per share, which is a massive drop, it is still so much higher than it ever was outside of this specific era. And there's, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what major business deal <laughs> suddenly happened in 2017. <laughs> like, what happened specifically in 2017, which then was a side deal and suddenly their stock absolutely skyrocketed. Can you put your finger on it? <laughs> but uh, obviously, uh, when that deal happened... Where I'm assuming everybody's feeling out which deal I'm talking about. If not, hit me on Twitter at the Damien Picat <laughs> or hit Vessel Nomics, hit Brandon Thurston. <laughs> he gets enough as it is. But yeah, so with uh, yeah with those shows happening, their their potential income obviously would skyrocketing up, and their therefore their shares absolutely they did really really well. They were trading really nice and high, and that I'm assuming that's going to go back up again as soon as the next show is out of the way. And then you've got WrestleMania around the corner. Uh, they're two pretty good periods for WWE. Uh, the more bigger shows, the better. Uh, this is also... So, this is a fall this year after a fall last year as well. Uh, which is... To be fair, 60 felt m- more in line. So, they've got the massive deals, obviously. Which have, which shot their stock a bit to an overvaluation, personally, in the first place. But that's not uncommon, <laughs> in this world to overvalue at that kind of level 60 feels about right which is why I'm thinking yes it's fallen down but 
I reckon it's just going to go back up. It's just going to balance out. But it is quite interesting that it's fallen so far. <laughs> it's obviously newsworthy that it's such a short amount of time it drops. I think it seems to have stayed at 48. So, but it's a t- huge topping, po- topping point. It's a huge topic of the moment. If you've got any opinions on this, hit me up or whatever on somewhere. I've not realised, not checked the speaker chat for anything. I'm really good <laughs> at this live thing. Right, it's a little more interesting image for the YouTube viewers that I actually put effort into making compared to this, a random screenshot I did literally one minute before I went live. I'm just going to leave the image. That's like what I normally do. Because it's... Yeah, I don't know. I've, uh, it feels weird just it being images. If I if talk about the topic and I just switched to that match, I did that once and I really didn't like it, <laughs> personally. I don't know how everyone else took to it. So for me, it's either a boring single image, video of me or something which I'm not set up to do. I'm trying. I'm, I'm investing. I've got the sound thing, <laughs> which has gone recently. Oh, and annoyingly, the picture is not high enough for the image, which is bloody annoying. So this is great for podcast listeners as I adjust that. Hopefully it doesn't adjust to the bottom. Anyway, let's talk Royal Rumble Fallout. But yeah, send me your I guess, opinions on the WWE stock fall. Uh, uh, unfortunately, have I explained it quite boringly to a point where there isn't much of an opinion to be had, <laughs> which is... Uh, I realised that started to happen when I started listening to Vesonomics way back when. <laughs> it does, does. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. So your your arguments become more grounded and therefore less fanciful and less out there. <laughs> That's what you're saying because it's quite boring and grounded. Anyway, let's talk about the Royal Rumble and its fallout. As you can tell by the title, I've decided to focus on the championship matches, which makes sense given the Royal Rumble. I've done. I was part of LPR Aftershock on Sunday, immediately live after the Royal Rumble event. If you want to hear my in-depth opinions of everything that happened on that show, go listen to LPR Aftershock. It was live immediately after the show went off air, and it's like an hour and a half of all of my thoughts on the show. I penned over 3,600 words. Oh, I even uploaded my notes as a column, which got like no reaction. <laughs> but, uh, but I thought, oh, in fact, oh, I've essentially written a column here. Turns out, notes... Aren't they, well, they're, they're the size of a column, but they don't read like a column. <laughs> it's kind of it's the first time I've ever done it, <laughs> so it was a nice test. It just didn't obviously work. <laughs> but with uh, the fallout from the Royal Rumble, we've got the look to WrestleMania. Uh, it's gone down. I guess it's been a few days now. I'm going live on a Thursday. Well, for me, it's Friday because I'm English. It's already passing to the next day. But we're at that point now where it's further into the week and. There is the feeling of the Rumbles feels very positive. Uh, the women's one seems to be falling down into a mid-tier air, as in it's not the worst thing in history, but it it wasn't it wasn't special particularly. It falls into the middle of uh, it's fine. Whilst the men's Rumble is highly regarded, <laughs> people absolutely loved it. I've heard some call it the best of the decade. Or best in a long time since the personal favourites or whatever your personal favourites are. I personally absolutely love 2018. I thought the pacing of that one was great. This one I rate with that one. Where I maybe prefer 2020 personally. I don't know. It's the way that it works and the uh, the Lesnar stuff at the start really, really pays off. And sets up the second half so well, which has got even more surprises. It just works so damn well <laughs> as an overall thing. And the bloody image still isn't right. <laughs> this is irritating. Uh, I don't. I do apologise, podcast listeners, but I've got to sort that out. 
Have I even made it big enough? Who cares? <laughs> right. To, uh, so the actual rumours then going on, because obviously I'm not going to be going too long tonight, but the rumours going in to the, I guess, Royal, Royal post-Royal Rumble WrestleMania season. Finally bloody got it out. <laughs> so, looking on to the, yeah, the matches which are being kind of rumoured, uh, what these kind of mean for WrestleMania 36, which will be live from the big pirate venue. And uh, we've not heard anything about Kyrie Sane. So, <laughs> pirate venue Kyrie Sane, surely. Uh, I mean, she's the one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So it makes sense that she'll be in the tag team match, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Maybe like last year where they had the multi-woman's match. But there seems to be no setup for that. I don't know. So... Uh, yes. But anyway, so in terms of the reporter matches, there's three big ones. I wanted to get one rumour out the way first. Uh, well, two rumours out the way first because I don't really want to address them that much because there's nothing to go on. And they are the two SmackDown title matches. So first, it's the SmackDown Women's Championship of Bailey, Championship? Champion of Bailey, And she's light. Well, the rumour is it'll be Bailey versus Sasha Banks and they'll do something with that. Uh, as I wrote in like a column for uh, in, in my predictions column, that was it. As I wrote in my predictions column for the Rumble, they have done enough little things, like when Kofi squished a pancake, that kind of level, where they did that, and people online went, "Oh, did you see the way that Sasha just kind of stares at the title?" And the next week, Bailey's now holding the title on the other shoulder. It's kind of or or, or Sasha Banks kind of stroked it a bit. <laughs> it's just something small like that, and it was kind of. Um, people kind of took it like the Kofi squishing a pancake where some were like, oh my God, this, they're telling the story. This is fantastic. Yeah, like if you're paying attention, you'll notice it. Whilst I took it like, oh, it's WWE. Until they make this official and they tell you a million times on commentary, this is the story that's happening, then it's not happening. Uh, they can make it canon just with like a click of the fingers and it all becomes canon, which is the wonder of it all. <laughs> which is why the Kofi pancake thing is like, yeah, I'm perfectly fine like, not perfectly fine, because I hated the way that they ended it all onto Brock Lesnar. But with Kofi, it it felt like the pancake thing was never going to go anywhere. This has potential with Sasha and Bailey, I'll just say. Uh, obviously, I've got no idea what's actually going to happen, and Sasha Banks herself was unable to participate in the Royal Rumble because of an injury. So, yeah. Anyway, so on to the other SmackDown match of Bray Wyatt defending his title, the number one candidate being Roman Reigns. <laughs> don't know why I did such a long pause, but the number one candidate is Roman Reigns, given to be kept away from the title for so long, seemingly rebuilt over the year, kept in a mid-card vortex feud, which keeps him occupied up until the Royal Rumble. I've chosen him as my number one contender to win the whole thing and go to WrestleMania, face the champion. He can still do that. There's the Elimination Chamber which kind of makes sense if you've got to go through that kind of hell to get to The Fiend, because then you've got to show how you really are that crazy to want to do it. Or, as is what happened in past events, The Fiend targets you. And The Fiend has got history with Roman, which would make it really, really easy. Uh, but there was also the word coming out, it was reported by Dave Meltzer, that uh, there were two winners going back and forth from Monday Night Raw into the potential candidates, uh, Roman was one of them right until the last minute was between Roman and Drew who was going to win I don't know how last minute last minute means <laughs> but, but it was apparently quite tight in terms of when that happened 
or when it was decided that McIntyre would win and not Roman. The other candidate was Alistair Black. So two Paul Heyman projects there. Two of the guys he really wants to push out of his list. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Alistair Black. With the word being that Drew McIntyre versus Lesnar was always the one on the cards whilst these decisions were happening. The question is just, of course, which one do you set up at Royal Rumble? Which one do you set up at the Elimination Chamber? Uh, obviously, if Alistair Black had won, the word going round is it would have been Black versus The Fiend, which is quite interesting and obviously massively different because there is no history there to work with Alistair Black. He's it's debuted this year. Oh, well, it's not been a year since he's debuted yet, is what I mean. I think he debuted in February in NXT Reset 2, if I'm right. <laughs> Reset 1 was late December, early January. Reset 2 was February, like Alistair Black, Ricochet, Champo Gargano. Uh, so it's not quite been a year yet. So there's not... In terms of Fiend fights you and you have the reset, like that's not happened. <laughs> so it's it's quite interesting to see what have gone down that road. Uh, personally, I'm still going with Roman Reigns versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. That's still my match of choice, mostly because Roman Reigns versus uh, Baron Corbin has been going on for so long. And <laughs> it's been the main event storyline... For so even when Daniel Bryan and the Fiend and the Miz like their thing has been a joy to watch for me, even though that's been happening and we've seen the fallout of it as well with the Miz going through his reset, which makes that the mid card even interesting as well. Even though that's been happening, the vortex of the Baron Corbin <laughs> thing where they've done the exact same thing of last year, the exact same thing as the League of Nations from two like two three years ago as well. Like they keep repeating the same weird mistakes. <laughs> I don't know why they just can't stop themselves. And for me, the Baron Corbin—that was the feud where he was never really a threat to, to Roman Reigns. So they kind of need to move past that. So I still go with Roman Reigns to face the Fiend at WrestleMania. It's just a rumor, though. And with the news coming out that if Alistair Black had won, he would likely have challenged the Fiend. That's interesting. Uh, but apparently the decision was made that McIntyre was more over kind of in this moment, which is 100% correct. So they went with McIntyre uh, instead of Black for those reasons. So obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Down to the why it was either the SmackDown candidate or the Raw candidate. Like, it's been decided. McIntyre's challenging. Reigns is challenging. But who wins the Rumble? Who wins the Chamber? So I would not be surprised if Roman Reigns wins the Chamber. Or, I don't know, because they've got a Saudi show coming in February, and this is the first time they're doing it on the road to WrestleMania. The question being, how much does that take away from WrestleMania with that other tagline of, this is better than WrestleMania, this is even bigger than that, this is the greatest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and like, I've actively not watched any of them, and having seen the reports, it's like, yeah, it's aimed at the audience it's being presented to, which is not the Western market. So a lot of like the hardcore wrestling fans especially, uh, sorry, the hardcore Western fans especially, no, it's, it's not for them. It's not for me, for example. Uh, taking out all of my massive morality questions I have to ask every time the show's, co- shows come around. <laughs> it's like, even if you're fine with it, you've had to answer the morality questions. And personally, when I'm watching wrestling, I don't want to be asking, answering those kinds of questions. <laughs> I'd rather just watch my silly half-naked people fake fight each other, please. <laughs> I really don't care. Let, let them tell me a story. I don't want to be thinking about the morality of the show I'm watching. Which, oh, I mean, how grey the world is, that's a really deep topic to dive into. <laughs> so maybe, maybe not. But with the Royal Rumble Fallout, there are 
three bigger ones that I do want to talk about. It's taken me 20 minutes to get there, so I'm going to have a sip of tea first. That tea is cold. <laughs> bloody lovely. <laughs> oh, I can't swear past bloody because of YouTube censorship. <laughs> but yeah, oh. seriously, check out the list of words that are which kind of hurt the algorithm that you can say on YouTube uh, in terms of what kind of ranks you down if you use them, especially for titles. Like there's some absolutely crazy ones. Like whole states are just on the list. <laughs> just a state. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, I know like the YouTube is also on the list. The the name YouTube <laughs> is absolutely mental. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a crazy thing. And it, if you care about that sort of stuff, like, I've already banged on about stock prices and things, and oh, I've plugged Vestonomics, <laughs> plugged them again. <laughs> but still, it's uh, it's an interesting read. But anyway, uh, first the one hundred percent confirmed match by 100%, obviously, it was announced on Raw, with a fancy graphic and all, so there's no ignoring this one, uh, Drew McIntyre will be challenging WWE Champion Brock Lesnar, uh, Drew McIntyre shocking the world, and winning the Royal Rumble, Scotland, looking like he's going to become the first British world, heavy, uh, first British WWE Champion, I guess is the way to phrase it, he's been a heavyweight champion in different promotions, but not WWE, obviously, not the big one, not their title, so that will be uh, taking place at WrestleMania in Tampa at the big pirate venue. <laughs> oh, a pirate Drew. Oh, that's going to be brilliant. <laughs> will they all come out in pirate gear or will they actually make it themed to them? Because personally, I want—I don't want too much to be taken away from Asuka and Kyrie's entrance. <laughs> I feel like theirs should be... Because of the type of match it will be, we're kind of mid-card. They won't really get that much attention. But it's Asuka and Kyrie. In the pirate venue. <laughs> Give them an entrance. <laughs> Please. I don't care if it's mid-card. You've got between 5 and 10. Get through your stuff. Get get through all your spots as quickly as you can. Don't mind. Give them the pirate entrance. <laughs> it's the biggest opportunity. But I just thought Pirate Drew would also be flipping amazing. <laughs> so yes. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, Drew McIntyre has won the Royal Rumble. And he will be challenging Brock Lesnar. Uh, obviously a... It was the, the way it was set up in the Rumble match I thought was brilliant, where they had, uh, obviously, Drew McIntyre eliminated Lesnar, and Lesnar was on the outside after that happened. And Drew McIntyre continued to eliminate people, like Ricochet went out, The Miz went out, and after he hit the Future Top DDT really swiftly on The Miz, he then immediately got up and looked over to Brock Lesnar and just stared eyes into him before then hitting the Claymore and eliminating The Miz. It's like, oh, that was fantastic setup. Like, when he won... There should have been no doubt who he was going to be challenging, especially when he walked out on Raw. Like, they set it up in the match, which in terms of WWE, I've often complained, like, the lack of foreshadowing kind of makes it feel like there isn't a plan going forward, or that it... it the lack of foreshadowing kind of makes the stories not feel as alive as they should, because they seemingly come out of nowhere. That meant, what he did in the Rumble, meant that it was no surprise he went for Lesnar, because it had been foreshadowed. It's like, oh, yes... Lovely stuff. But yes, he, he no faff from Drew McIntyre as he's going to be facing Brock Lesnar immediately confirmed. Uh, I just assumed there wouldn't be Lesnar. Nope, out he comes. F5 to Drew McIntyre. And uh, that's the end of that segment. Drew McIntyre essentially got to job out the OC. Sans Styles, who's uh, separated his shoulder. So... Uh, unlucky. Apparently, he's not going to miss WrestleMania. So, in terms of like more looking forward, looking at Rumble things that happened, which could affect WrestleMania, yeah, AJ Styles apparently going to be fine. Don't know who'll be fighting or wrestling. <laughs> Don't know who'll be up against. Uh, it's quite open for him. 
Uh, but anyway, so uh, Drew McIntyre and Lesnar is 100% confirmed. Should Drew win? Personally, yes, but I am British. <laughs> I'm extremely biased in this one. Uh, he's, it, it's weird, because it, it's still, for me, it's evident that this wasn't the plan half a year ago. I guess SummerSlam or even October type of time. But maybe from it started to slowly happen over November, December, January, where slowly you start to do more and more face things and the countdown got more and more over for like the three, two, one for the Claymore. He especially started doing that kind of thing with the Royal Rumble. That's just, my assumption was it was to go in with the countdown of the Rumble. That's how I read it at first, but no, it's properly gotten over. It's also the kind of thing which can get corny and outstates welcome quick. But Drew McIntyre kind of has that serious presentation where I feel like that should erode the corniness pretty fast. Uh, obviously, depending on what scripts he gets on the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, like They showed last year that they can absolutely nail it. I think uh, they didn't quite nail it with Seth Rollins and Lesnar, but they bloody did with Kofi and Bryan. So obviously there was a lot more at play in that one. But they showed that they can, like week to week, not make your babyface seem like an idiot or not kind of take away a bit, the momen- bit, a bit of the momentum. <laughs> but they have done that in the past. Like Even with, if I'll get to it a bit, but Edge. Even with Edge, they did that when he won the Rumble. He somewhat lost his, well, Edge, a little bit. <laughs> by the time he got to WrestleMania, the match was not the most hyped by quite a country mile. No, it's, we entered that weird era. Like Immediately after that, the World Heavyweight Championship suddenly opening WrestleMania, like Del Rio, which did the same thing, <laughs> where they super excited when, they, when he won the Rumble, and then he just got dueled out on the road, and people got kind of bored of him. Uh, like, it's not a WWE thing. Like It's not just them. Like like The amazing story in New Japan, like with Tetsuya Naito that finished this year, that starts with that, that, kind, that exact same experience, where Naito won essentially their Rumble to main event there, uh, their Wrestle Kingdom but on the road he just it just crumpled just fell apart and then when he walked out to f- face the champion on their final face to face you could hear a pin drop like it's it happens it's not just a WWE thing but uh, I reckon Drew McIntyre feels like the kind of guy where he's right up WWE's wheelhouse and he should be pretty easy to keep over He's, yeah, obviously, the big Scott is a massive guy, <laughs> and he's so serious in his presentation that it's going to be very, like, he can't baby over babyface him, I reckon. I think they'll be fine, <laughs> as long as they don't go too, I guess, in the generic roles kind of thing, which they shouldn't do. And this was a, like, this Monday Night Raw was a great example of that, where he wasn't the babyface who's kind of, uh, the big decision on his shoulders kind of thing, he's like, no. He's still Drew McIntyre. He's still that same guy. He's just not being a dick to the audience, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, go for him. Uh, but yes, so Drew McIntyre versus Lesnar, 100% confirmed. Now let's get into rumour terror. Oh, no, a complete idiot. It turns off 100%, well, no. I guess it's more mostly confirmed because they set it up. <laughs> so for me, that counts as 100%. Maybe I'd call Lesnar McIntyre 200% in terms of... Not only has the angle been set up, but also they've announced it on television with words and graphics and promotion and everything. So the other one, which is the angle has been set up. So for me, that is 100% confirmed still. Uh, Edge Randy Orton in one of the greatest closing segments of Monday Night Raw in quite some time. Uh, I want to say it's up. We're talking about like it's up there with the greatest segments. Like you're comparing it to uh, Joko and Owen to the uh, Festival of Friendship. Like... And I guess I was going to say Pipe Bomb, but I just mean 
like fantastic, maybe more festival of friendship, as in up there greatest moments in raw history. It, like at this, it was done so well. Uh, I guess the, then for me, the only complaint I've got of it is it's not with current stars, as it is with two veterans. Well, one veteran in Randy Orton and one retired uh, legend coming back. Apparently, on a three-year deal, where he's got uh, I think I think it was five matches, twenty-five appearances. So it's a, a bit like a Lesnar deal. For Mike, but obviously it won't be for Lesnar money. Uh, but still, it's that's my only criticism of it because the story itself on that night was fantastic, and the way that they played the video packages through the night too was like, please watch to the end of the show. Edge is going to be coming out. He's going to say hello. It's like, oh, the way they promoted that was so damn good, and they made sure that you knew the important facts for that main event. With uh, that, it was one of the things where the show being three hours really helped with that because they didn't feel too overloading they they played them a lot but it wasn't too overloading really i maybe would have uh it was a little bit too much watching it obviously the next day because i'm english like it was a little bit too much watching it where they would play him walk him coming out at the royal rumble like over and over (laughs) so many times but live it was spread out so i don't know if it would have been a bit more fine like with actual ad breaks rather than my like kind of fast forwarding through it but still it was such a fantastic segment, and the way it was set up as well. Obviously, it also builds from their past, because Edge turned on Randy Orton way back in 2010. I think it was 2010. And then you've got, unless it was rated RKO, they never got their WrestleMania match. Uh, they were in the Money in the Bank instead, even though they had the rated RKO build. <laughs> but still, they never got that WrestleMania match between the two of them, and 10 years later, they eventually get to. Who knows, it might have been on the cards earlier, had Edge not had to retire. But like, thankfully, with like advancements in everything, he was able to force himself back. Uh, but yeah, it's an amazing return, and it played off the emotion of the occasion so damn well. And it's, as I said, it's a fantastic story, set up wonderfully, set up fantastically in the Royal Rumble, just like with McIntyre facing Lesnar. Like there was foreshadowing in here <laughs> at the Rumble, and then what happened on Raw is like direct consequences of both past actions and the Rumble itself. So, oh, it was the, the way that they brought back the past as well with Randy Orton, just bringing out the emotion. Uh, the hug with Edge, where it seemed like both of them were just ready to cry <laughs> in that moment. Uh, obviously, the professionals, they held it back. But it was so well done that it's, for me, a fan, absolutely fantastic story. And now we get the kind of heel Randy Orton over the next few weeks, like immediately the most hated man in WWE. Uh, like they're fantastic at making you want to see Lesnar lose, but in terms of pure hate, like that's really difficult to get, and I reckon they've done that with Randy Orton. The shock from the crowd was just amazing to hear. Like that reaction, it's just like oh, it, like it was so well done. <laughs> like the the crowd were, it was like genuine shock. Like you don't really hear that in, like, in modern day like wrestling. Just pure sh- like the. Reaction of pure shock and like, no, no, Randy, don't, don't, Randy. It's like, oh, that's, you don't get that reaction anymore. And the fact that they got that, for me, just, again, once again, echoes how damn great this was done. Like, so, really well good. And, and, and of course, this writes out Edge, storyline-wise. It feels a bit more natural that we won't see him for a little while. Uh, it's one of those where, oh, Edge has only got five matches a year. It's like, yeah, but, like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Please don't have him wrestle too much. Uh, this won't be the main event either. That like it's the feature. It's like Triple H Batista last year. It's the I guess more 
It's the featured match between the legends. So, yeah. Only complaint is that there are plenty of modern day guys who are probably good enough to tell this sort of story were they ever given the material to do so, but they aren't. Uh, that's my only negative. It, my only negative is that this isn't being used on a current star. Because it's so good. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, yeah. My only complaint is that it's not there isn't this quality elsewhere. Or that, I mean, in terms of like card variety, you can't have this kind of serious story like everywhere. Otherwise, everything feels a bit bland and samey. But yeah, it's so well told. Bloody looking forward to it. Right now for the rumored ones, the two big rumored ones I wanted to talk about before I sign off relatively early on this. Uh, Becky Lynch potentially facing NXT Champion Shayna Baszler. So Charlotte Flair won the Royal Rumble. Immediate fan feeling is oh, not Charlotte Becky again. Like, they're really good together, but we've seen it so many times. I related it to uh, Naito and Ibushi for the us New Japan nerds. <laughs> it's like a match which is really good, but I'm done. It's been done to death. <laughs> like, I just need a break from it. Like, we can go back to it at some point, just not this year. Just leave it a bit. So, when Charlotte won the Rumble and Charlotte Flair did not announce who she'd be facing, immediately you're kind of questioning, well, is that because WWE don't know? Or is that because it's somebody else when somebody else will be into question secondly but if it's not Becky Lynch who does Becky Lynch face and the rumours coming out is that she will potentially be facing former NXT champion Shayna Baszler who is uh, I think she's having a mini feud with uh, Shotzi Blackheart in NXT uh, the new face there and that's kind of cool Shayna Baszler also with the massive win at Survivor Series she beat Bailey. so in terms of Becky Lynch kind of wanting retribution in a way like she lost the match without being the one defeated. Like she's got that, they got that grudge to grind. She's got that to get over next. Uh, and in terms of proving herself, she proved herself against Asuka. Shayna Baszler's the next one to prove herself against. It makes a lot of sense, especially as Becky Lynch tapped out Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania and she's beaten Charlotte. Yeah, Shayna Baszler is kind of the one. Especially if Ronda Rousey's not back. Shayna Baszler is the one for Becky Lynch to have to prove herself against. It makes a lot of sense. Also, she got a major spotlight being number 13 in the Rumble. So if Charlotte Flair challenges for one title, Shayna Baszler, who was the second last... Was the, sorry, was the last person to be eliminated. That happens quite a lot in Royal Rumbles, where that second last to be eliminated ends up in a big spot at WrestleMania anyway. Just not the main event. Uh, until recent times, where it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if you win the Royal Rumble, your match could be happening absolutely anywhere. It happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in terms of Lynch facing Baszler, it's quite an interesting one. I do like how it would have been set up from Survivor Series. You've seen two sporadic appearances. Maybe we've seen one more at Elimination Chamber. That's when it's set up or something like that. Uh, do we get a surprise Raw attack or something? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have Shayna be the instigator or Becky Lynch. Because of course, it has been set up where Becky Lynch would want to prove herself against Shayna, but... Shayna Baszler could also want to prove herself against Becky Lynch. It works both ways. I don't mind how they set this one up. I would see it more as a call-up than the rumoured Charlotte Flair match, which we'll get to in a bit. But the Shayna Baszler match would, for me, be like a full-time call-up and she's on Raw, she's challenging for the Raw title, that kind of thing. Don't know if the horsewomen would be going with her. They've The issue with the, like the, four, the horsewomen around Baszler is they never really got past that kind of green level so if they're getting called up they are always just going to be henchwomen and they're never really going to be much more than that and when they ultimately have to get in the match uh, 
that's kind of where you got a little bit of issues. It's perfectly fine in NXT, but like on the main roster, you get a hell of a lot more criticism, a lot harsher. So I don't know if there'll be cons there. Obviously, the money is MMA versus M- uh, Horsewoman versus Horsewoman. MMA Horsewoman versus NXT Horsewoman. That is the money match WWE seemingly wants to get to. But I like how currently that is so far away in terms of where people are in terms of being together as a team that it would take like a whole year getting round to that and maybe you can set that up with Shayna Baszler challenging Lynch at WrestleMania, maybe even winning. Uh, I don't expect Lynch would have held it for a full year. And she feels like the kind of champion who could easily hold it more than a year, personally. there are You are starting to see quite a few comments of, oh, I'm bored of Becky and things, but whenever a promotion has a champion win all of the matches, that starts to happen. And the trick is being able to do what New Japan did, where they had to go Okada hold that title for over two years, like two and a half years, something ridiculous. And the, obviously, every single title match, you start to feel like, oh, this, this is this going to be the time, is this going to be the time? And whenever you have somebody hold the title for a long time and they always win, 100% you will get some people start to turn off of them. Uh, uh, it happens. There's not really much you can do about that, <laughs> which it, it's weird because it sucks that that means you're very rarely going to be able to do the long reign. The only way maybe is in, in the modern day, maybe Brock Lesnar's way, where he's just not there and you don't see him defend it all the time. That For me, that's maybe the only way uh, to avoid all, like, all of this kind of criticism. I don't see it as an issue. I like the long title reign. That's why I would say, like, Kofi, I would have kept it all the way to the Royal Rumble if I was <laughs> booking it. Like, make him a champion, have him actually beat people like Brock Lesnar. Like, that kind of thing. Establish him. Uh, that's what I would have done, but I wouldn't have had this Rumble kind of scenario. <laughs> we could still do it, just not with the title. <laughs> but anyway, it's, uh, yeah, Lynch versus Baszler is an interesting one. Uh, immediately, I was jumping to Lynch winning and continuing an awesome reign, but if you're establishing Baszler... And you have her number 13 in the final two at the Rumble. You have her win at Survivor Series. The next step is to have her win at WrestleMania. Like, ruin Becky Lynch's party. And that immediately establishes her as a threat. It's interesting. Uh, it's a massive call-up moment, but with Survivor Series, they've got this like unique opportunity. I don't know if they'll continue it next year as well. But it is that unique opportunity where they have been able, on the main roster, to set up stars in this way. Like, outside of a surprise Royal Rumble appearance or something. Uh, Survivor Series set up quite a few of the characters. So when they are called up, they are known by the core audience. It's worked in that manner. It made NX, it made Survivor Series like a fun one-off. I don't know if I want to see it every year. Like The Survivor Series matches themselves weren't that good, personally. I didn't actually like them. They, it was too much. And it does mean you get those kind of quick eliminations, which doesn't quite work. Especially <laughs> the way that they went in both of the matches. It was a little odd. But the rest of the show, where it's like triple threats and things, they're always fun. <laughs> it's just the actual Survivor Series matches at Survivor Series took the hit. So it's a bit too chaotic. We can use it to set up NXT guys who then get called up either after WrestleMania or they appear in the Rumble and whatnot, and suddenly people know who they are. So huge bonuses. But yeah, Becky Lynch versus Baszler. That is one of the rumoured matches. Who would you have win? Would it be, uh, would you have Becky Lynch continue the feud or would you have Baszler get established at this WrestleMania? I've made my voice clear what I would do. And I'd be all, all up for this match. And I'd also be up for the second rumoured match. So I'm not sure if this has got something to it or if it's more kind of fan wanting after, the, I guess, certain comparators are made. And then you've got this huge NXT star uh, with a lot of um, momentum going for her. But it's the women's Royal Rumble winner, Charlotte Flair. And she may challenge 
current NXT champion, Rhea Ripley. So, quite interesting that, to have the former NXT champion, Shayna Baszler, and the current NXT champion, Rhea Ripley, both be at WrestleMania. Uh, the first NXT Championship match at WrestleMania, and it is Ray Ripley, who is somebody who has got a lot of commentary comparisons to Charlotte Flair. Uh, I don't, I've not seen many fan comparisons, as in all I could probably see is uh, super athletic, super talented, tall and blonde. Is that that's all I could think of? <laughs> like in terms of everything else, they couldn't be any more different. <laughs> but it's uh, they are. Obviously, Ray Ripley's got an insane amount of potential uh, for the age that she's at to be at the stage she's at. That is insane. And having the NXT Championship match at WrestleMania could do huge things in terms of establishing NXT. So I'd be all for it. And again, it's the it's Ray Ripley who's been compared to Charlotte a hell of a lot, facing Charlotte Flair herself, as in go face-to-face with those comparisons. It's... It's an interesting way because, of course, as well, like NXT got quite a good bump out of the Survivor Series kind of build. Uh, in terms of WrestleMania, that's the thing that could establish the brand more than anything else. It's the one thing AEW does not have in terms of that like, little Wednesday night competition. That's not competition. <laughs> uh, with with that, the only big thing that AEW do not have is the mega brand that is WrestleMania. And if NXT is featured on that, then that's quite a cool. Uh, also, not forgetting there is a takeover the night before as well, so that could just not happen at all. <laughs> I don't really know. Either Ray Ripley defends her title twice over the weekend, or she's in a different kind of match on uh, takeover, or she's not in a match at all because she's at WrestleMania. Uh, who knows? And what does that mean for the men's mat title? Does Adam Cole defend it at WrestleMania as well, or does he still headline the NXT Takeover show? I don't know what could. This opens the gate <laughs> for what could possibly happen. Uh, but with NXT and the main roster, as most of the time, different worlds in terms of what happens with comic characters, there's always the chance that what Ripley does in NXT is essentially like a weird timeline that isn't happening when you're doing your main roster storyline. So it's more of the energy of the performer than it is actually following the stories into the complicatedness. Huh, yeah. But again, totally up for Charlotte Flair versus Ray Ripley. Like the present versus the future. Like, yes. <laughs> I love that idea. Especially as the alternatives are either Flair versus Lynch again, or Flair versus Bailey. And Charlotte Flair in that babyface role against Bailey just doesn't feel right. I don't. They'd have quite a bit of hard work making me care about that match, unfortunately. Where, for me, Charlotte Flair, yes, she's, she's like a heel, and then she wrestles as a babyface. It's really weird. She doesn't feel like a. Like a good character, she feels still feels like the bad guy, and then she wrestles like a, a hero babyface. It's, it's a little bit weird because <laughs> I really rate her. As a, and of course, like, she didn't get an amazing reaction when she won. It was a smattering of boos and a couple of claps and cheers. Like she isn't super over anywhere near to the level, I guess, of like Becky Lynch. Like she's not super over babyface. And Charlotte, Charlotte, and uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey are the out and out heels. Charlotte's weirdly in this middle ground where I feel like she should be healed, but she's at times presented as the opposite. So what is she actually? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Who has any idea? But still, I'm excited for that potential match. I really like the sound of it. And then I do Bailey Sasha to kind of cap it off. They they would be my three women's matches at WrestleMania. And I would do all three. That is still what I do. Well, four if you count the women's tag team match, but that could 
get pre-showed, but it can't get pre-showed because Asuka Kyrie Pirate Entrance, that is main show. <laughs> it's got it written all over it. Uh, Becky Lynch is going to be uh, on very late once again because it's a really, really long show. Oh, there's a little thing on there. Uh, little weird, weird WWE moment of the week, <laughs> I guess, to be a... Uh, uh, for, for me to sign off with I, I like features like this it's not a running thing but this is a the weird WWE moment of the week comes from the WWE Network where they had a documentary that came out shortly after Wrestlemania about because uh, it was like following Becky Lynch or was following like the Wrestlemania stuff and in it uh, Becky Lynch was kind of joking about how long her, how long she's got to wait until her match until it's time for the nerve to kick in it's just saying, oh, I'm not going to be on to like 1.30am, something, because there's so many matches, like 15, 16, I'm going to be on so late. Uh, and then, so that was what was in there. And then they've done a new documentary, I think they're following like three people on the day of WrestleMania. And in that new documentary, they've refilmed the car ride in which she said that, and they've changed what she said to, as in it's very clearly refilmed, because <laughs> it's Becky Lynch of now, compared to the Becky Lynch of whenever that was filmed. Yeah, originally like shortly uh, well at WrestleMania, <laughs> proof of tiredness kicking in. <laughs> so uh, they had to refilm it and say, "Oh, what time are we on? Like eleven thirty? Eleven thirty? Yeah, like I've got a few hours to wait till I start to get nervous." And it's just like they had her refilm it because she said she'd be on late at like one thirty because there's so many matches because it's a really long show, and then they were like, "Oh, when I'm on? Oh, eleven thirty. And they didn't even bother to make it look like it fit the continuity because then it. Clearly, just goes back to WrestleMania, Becky Lynch. <laughs> it's it's a, it's jarring, and it's kind of as a kind of filmy nerdy kind of person that sees that sort of thing. Is like, may this weird company never stop doing the odd weird little thing. <laughs> of course, the company name would be, oh no, WrestleMania is not like a really super long show. No, it's really digestible and enjoyable, and you blast through it. Uh, obviously, the company line isn't. Oh, but it's so many matches. I've got absolutely ages to wait. <laughs> but it's it really added to kind of the authenticity of the original video watching it. And then when you watch the new one, it's just this jarring thing of it's the it's different Becky Lynch <laughs> from the future. <laughs> Cut in this differently filmed thing in a car. It's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but it's WWE weird and I love it for it. Anyway... Uh, that is bringing me to the end of the show with the massive stock news before I went live, just kind of making the show a little bit longer than it was going to be, or making me rush certain bits a little bit more than I would have thought of. But also there are the Royal Rumble rumours and confirmed stuff, or things set up as well. In terms of Lynch, Baszler, Charlotte Flair, Ripley and Banks Bailey, there's been no hint of that happening on WWE TV recently. That's more like rumoured in the workings kind of stuff. Especially as like uh, there have been uh, news reporters for or ju- wrestling journalists who have been really shocked that there haven't been really like set plans in place all like this far in as this close to WrestleMania. So that means it's quite exciting in the way that you don't know what's going to happen, but also when something might get booked and confirmed, there might not be much buzz to it because it has kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, but yeah. Baszler Lynch has got the setup for it, so that would work. Uh, Banks Bailey, it's there if they want to use it. If not, then because uh, it could do Charlotte Flair versus uh, Bailey or a different champion, they could still do that without, and they could write off the idea of NXT champion very Ripley. I personally would do present versus future. I love the sound of that. <laughs> Ripley versus Flair, 
Especially as Ripley's so often compared to Flair. It's kind of like that. They're setting up a dream match, sort of, but it's also rookie versus champion of this era. Yeah, all up for it. <laughs> but really, I'm quite excited for WrestleMania. It's one of those... Well, both excited and dreading it, because I'm doing Aftershock for it again. <laughs> so I really I really don't like... Uh, the, like on Royal Rumble Day, on Sunday, I really wasn't excited for the show at all, which is why I was really happy going on Aftershock, because I went in with zero expectations. I went in more dreading the length of the thing than I was like anything on the show. Like, the actual daunting size of the event overshadowed everything on it for me in terms of excitement. WrestleMania's like two hours longer. <laughs> it's insane. Like it's absolutely mental how long that show is and it's even worse in terms of Aftershock. I'll, maybe I'll try and get a friend. <laughs> like if I'm doing this you're f- coming down with me. <laughs> and it, Anyway, thank you to uh, thank you for listening anybody who has listened all the way to the end Weirdly, most people don't listen to the end of a podcast. It's, it's, I don't understand those people. There's so <laughs> the stats back it up as well. It's really weird. It's not. It's not like a one-off person. There's no, a lot of people don't listen to the end of stuff. So yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening to the end. I was going to do all the plugs here before I sign off. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dope Impacat. Uh, also, please, in terms of like algorithms and things, it's awesome to get any forms of likes. I've seen a few coming in, which is. Uh, pretty damn good for the size of channel that we are to get any. <laughs> I'm ecstatic when we get any when I'm live. Uh, for me, that's still a little bit crazy. But anyway, uh, please like just any form of engagement is all. Uh, yeah, I think I think said before, thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't know if it matters. I've, I've not looked at the algorithm that closely. The only way to know is to test it. <laughs> but I think I prefer thumbs up. <laughs> anyway, uh, also like sharing the video. What that's also good. Uh, check out Tim Rose's shorter videos he's done. He's done like five minute news pieces as well. He's testing that out. If you want to give some feedback on that, that'll be awesome. Just so that we could see what people think of it, I guess, <laughs> as well. Uh, and also, uh, please check with the other LOP radio shows, which is the family this is a part of. Uh, which I will get up tomorrow. It was a bit of an issue with the quality of the show. Uh, if you listened to the speaker version, it sounds like uh, you can't hear Jeff at all, really. And Jan Man sounds like he got hold of a wah pedal and went mental. <laughs> so I've had to get audio from elsewhere of that show. So that'll be going up tomorrow. Uh, I was really busy today, so by the time I sorted it, it was too late. So that'll be up tomorrow. Uh, also, is NWA The Legacy Series. The debut episode was this past Friday. They'll be turning again. And I am doing my best churning through it to turn that into an awesome video. I've almost finished my first edit through the sound <laughs> so there's a likelihood i'll either make a massive backlog or from this point on, i'll only do the pay-per-views uh that that sounds more sensible given the amount of effort and time i want to put into them with these special videos uh, but anyway so nwa legacy is the podcasts come out every single friday uh saturday's reserved for all elite stuff we've got revolution coming up soon so check that out. Uh, with Sundays reserved for WWE pay-per-view stuff, which Royal Rumble this past Sunday. Uh, Mondays is Kingdom of Honor with Jaman and his friend Jeff talking. Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, M- M- I can't really speak, MLW, whatever. Uh, Tuesdays was the Global Revolution, but now they're doing the uh, Legacy Series, so scratch that. Wednesdays is Planned Sports Entertainment is dead, wrapping up as they uh, get closer to Samuel Plan full-on retirement. And... This week he had Sir Samon talking about uh, Ambrose Reigns and Rollins in the Triple Threat Shield match from Battleground 2016 before the uh, Superstar 
what's it called back then? The Vosta thing. Draft. Bloody hell. <laughs> no, I need to go to bed. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'll be back here next Thursday on NLP Radio talking about God knows what. Uh, and with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. And with, if I could bloody edit, uh, well, I don't know what that does. Uh, it's going to go to uh, the podcast thing now. Yeah, so podcast listeners, thank you if you heard me um and <laughs> please do check out the other show, NLP Radio, uh, five star on iTunes, depending on what you're listening, because it's available on so many podcast apps. I don't know which ones you all listen to it on, but we are available everywhere. And with that, I bid you adieu. And I, you get the theme tune. That's it. You get the theme tune. I say goodbye. Anyway, with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.